Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today, we or tonight, we will be covering the grand finale of the Osbury Revival, which is being parlayed with this inaugural collegiate day of prayer. So this is a pretty interesting uh, coalition of events because we got the Osbury Revival, then we have Francis Chan's initiative of the day of prayer. So with that, we're going to be uh, covering this story live because we're not entirely sure what was going to happen. But of all the times to do a live stream on the Asbury Revival, this would probably be the most fruitful time to do it as we have a better guarantee of a return on our time investment. Uh, so that's good for you. That's good for us and everyone involved. But tonight, we're going to have some, uh, we're going to be live covering some special guests that Osbury University is parlaying with their event. And those guests include Francis Chan, Rick Warren, some of the people at uh, the International House of Prayer, the Bad IHOP, as I like to call them. We got Circuit Riders, who I've never really heard of. And part of that includes black the black voices movement i'm not sure who the black voices movement is it sounds woke but there's no evidence to that that i can find that they're some sort of woke thing it seems like some sort of more worship uh revivalist experience but they're not as big as they sound either they got like 1700 uh followers on instagram or something like that so they're not huge but It'll be interesting. So don't forget to drop that like button to kind of boost the algorithm of the stream. But we're, we're going to be covering the inaugural event, which is about to start. It looks like they're on a slight delay. Uh, they're doing worship music currently. But uh, for now, uh, I'd like to say some opening remarks about the Asbury Revival. Like, again, I don't think this is a completely it's not a 100 percent bad thing. It's not a 100 percent good thing either. I think God will use it how he pleases. What uh, mankind uses for evil, God will use for good. And obviously the parable, the sower comes to mind in which many seeds are being cast right now. And we're not sure which ones are just going to fizzle out, which ones are actually going to be uh, rooted in firm foundation. And that's, again, one of the criticisms of this uh, revival in general is it is much more on the hyper emotional side and uh it, it's not it's not characterized by the reading of scripture it's not characterized by the preaching of the gospel so much as it is characterized by live music personal testimonies these things aren't bad but it's interesting when this is how your event is characterized i'm a little skeptical that the, the seeds that are being sown are going to not get choked up by the world and all that's in it. So uh, I haven't really heard you, a whole lot of your thoughts on this event. Uh, anything you would like to add before the event starts? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of lot to be skeptical on when you're dealing with a more liberal campus. I mean, if you look at the crowd in there, they're all young. That's a, that's a young crowd, I guess, exclusively young because I guess they sectioned off by age. So, so, I mean, there's a lot of talk about how to reach these uh, Gen Z, how to reach um, millennials and all the young generation. So 
a lot of these people who are growing up in a postmodern world and with postmodernism kind of embedded, you would think testimony is a powerful tool, but at the same time, um, obviously with some of the woke stuff that has already kind of infiltrated the revival, that's certainly a giant red flag. Uh, and of course the exorcism, which was uh, weird to say the least. Yeah. And that's the thing about this event is there's a lot of like hyper charismatics involved. And this is a Wesleyan tradition, which you don't necessarily associate with hyper charismaticism, but uh, you know, it's like the more conservative li theological liberals, I guess is the best way to describe Wesleyan. I mean, there are some conservative Wesleyans out there, I'm sure, but I I'm just saying what I'm, what I believe. So it looks like the events of about to start could start any minute i'm gonna pop some sound on my end and then i'll see if we're gonna pop some sound on your end and what's interesting is this seems a little bit more traditional than what the event has been characterized as, which is mostly just Hillsong, Bethel, Elevation, uh, and repeating the same lines over and over again. Well, they'll do nine-minute songs and stuff. But And that's why we haven't done a live stream of this event is because, first of all, you're not sure what is the actual live event because a lot of these live streams on YouTube are pre-recorded and then re-uploaded. And then... Uh, the um obviously the truncated versions of the songs and uh the nature of the songs isn't leaves a lot to be desired and you never know what you're gonna see when you tune into it so we're coming in here with an expectation that we're going to see probably the worst of the asbury revival and it would be its conclusion it's by looks, it looks like they're only going to allow young people, at least on the floor. Maybe they, the peanut gallery up top uh, has some older people in it. But it looks like, you know, just for students. Because this is the Collegiate Day of Prayer, which is a very new event. I don't believe that this event was started for this uh, to culminate with the Asbury Revival. But they're certainly parlaying the Asbury Revival to promote their event and i'm not entirely sure who's behind the collegiate day of prayer i would say that francis chan is probably a major player in that and we should probably talk about francis chan for a second because francis chan in my view is a false teacher and i don't say that lightly francis chan is someone who i believe has you know lied in in multiple cases about miracles because yeah, he healed an entire village apparently yeah he he's healed an entire village uh so i i don't really tr like to me you shouldn't really share those types of experiences without a little bit of evidence that's just my take but if those things didn't happen then yeah he's definitely wrong but there's a lot of other issues with mike uh with francis chan as well uh he's a bit woke last I checked and he's taken a complete deep dive on bad theology. In my opinion, uh, he started out with the master seminary crowd and then is completely hyper charismatic on his way to Catholicism. You yeah, might think 
because I guess he kind of endorsed the Pope as far as uh, as some form of ecumenical and, authority or something. And Francis Chan's one of those weird people I don't get the appeal of because he sounds so hyper emotional in his speaking. Like he sounds like an actor, not necessarily like a modern day actor, but like an old thespian type. That's how uh, Francis Chan sounds to me. Like it doesn't sound genuine. It sounds like he's, you know, straining at every single word, regardless of how uh, impactful that statement is. And then we got Rick Warren, who's become a meme right now. He, he is currently a meme. And hey, look. We're hey, making look. fun of his ego and how he his ego is basically, you know, he thinks he's God almost. Tonight we join him in paradise, okay? I'm gonna, we're going to play the audio. Welcoming the students that are here in this space. Welcoming all of the students across the country who are participating online. It is my privilege this evening to provide some context to what's been happening in this space over the last couple of weeks. On February 8th, right here, a regularly scheduled chapel service never ended. Yes, Francis Chan is exactly like David Platt. Hey, context. That's a, that's a good sign, right? That's what we and need. And in addition to students here, in addition to students across the street, colleges and universities representing over 200 schools, students flocking in from all over the country have joined with us over the last couple of weeks. And other guests have come from every region of the United States and even from pockets from the world. And I just want to say, this was not planned. This was not a function of an innovative state-of-the-art facility. It was not a function of a slick marketing scheme. There was no program planning committee. And it's not because of celebrities or professional musicians. This has been a nameless, titleless movement, and tonight will be no different. I don't, that's not really true. Nameless with Rick Warren and Francis Chan. Yes. So many, so many. This is on the Collegiate Day of to Prayer consistently elevate website Jesus where we're from. Christ as the focal point. And the atmosphere and the spirit of this space is reminiscent of those characteristics we see in James chapter 3. Pure, yeah, planner would say. peaceable, gentle, willing to yield, full of mercy, full of fruit, no partiality, no hypocrisy. And consistent with other stories, no I am either. a first-hand witness of radical humility, of humanizing compassion, raw confession and honesty, a self-emptying consecration and life-altering commitment. What started with students has, over just a couple of weeks, swelled to thousands upon thousands of hungry-hearted guests. What has happened here? What is happening here is truly extraordinary. The selflessness displayed by many to create space at the table has been inspiring. One of the most the chat, inspiring the audio is good. I have ever seen in my entire life. The collective godliness, the hospitable goodwill, unparalleled. 
And importantly, we are seeing this spiritual fire beginning to flare in a variety of other spaces. But please hear this. Please hear this. The trajectory of renewal is always deeper. The trajectory of renewal is always outward. Discipleship, habituating practices that make us more like Christ, the missional instinct to bend the universe in favor of our neighbor, in favor of the widow, in favor of the orphan, in favor of the alien. The compulsion to bear witness to a different king and to a different kingdom. And the political statement that Jesus is Lord. Is he a that, Christian nationalist? That part was at least good. I don't know. Like, when you're talking about the alien, I'm like, I'm well, that part, no. The trajectory a direction, is a holy life. We'll see. Virtuous and pure, expressed in neighbor-serving, God-honoring work. Oh, Lord, make us different. Give us different eyes. Help us to see like Jesus. Give us a different heart. Help us to love and to live like Christ for the fullest realization of our humanity and the fullest edification of the communities that we inhabit and the common good and ultimately common God's good. glory, the glorification of God. Amen. And the next part kind of had social gospel written all over it. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Tonight, we celebrate the 200th year anniversary of the Collegiate Day of Prayer. So, you know. They say it's a 200, 200 years ago, 1823. They say that, but the website said it's like the, the first second one. Second Great Awakening, a move of God that swept through the New England college campuses, where at that time students would come into college barely knowing and walking with God. And the Spirit of God would encounter entire generations of students. The Second Great Awakening where, wasn't nearly as good as the First Great Awakening. They were spiritually formed, marked we by have the a gospel, lot of false nominations into wholehearted pursuit, it. ministry, missions. And the mothers and fathers of that day, their prayer was, Father, what you did in the previous generation, Father, would you do it again in the next generation? And in 1823, every major denomination and every university campus in America adopted the last Thursday of February as a united, multi-generational day of prayer for revival and spiritual awakening on college campuses. And today, we're standing in the wake of 200-year-old prayers. And as we're I mean, the Collegiate Day of Prayer, the YouTube account was started a month ago. Holding all that the Lord has done here at Asbury. They've never made a YouTube video before I believe a month that ago? We're standing in the wake of the prayers of mothers years? and fathers. And as we're, as we're looking to what God's doing in this moment, I believe that there's a divine invitation for us to pray the same prayer. Father, do it again. Father, do it again. This moment to be here for the Collegiate Day of Prayer, we've been planning this for probably two years now. And we planned to be here last May 
And just in the Lord's providence, he wanted for us to have this moment of prayer coming out of 15 days of nonstop worship, prayer, confession, repentance, and beholding Jesus. So it is planned? And as we start our evening, I want to read to us out of Philippians 2. It coincided. I used the word God's parlay. Been doing here these past 15 days has been one of radical humility and beholding Jesus. So if there is any encouragement in Christ, any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being in full accord and of one mind. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptying himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has exalted Jesus and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Amen. I wanted to wait until he's done that scripture reading to comment on this chat. Uh, clearly, it's a very unique coincidence that I'm not sure many of the students prayer, were we? uh, involved with. Gracious and beautiful Father, we come before you basking anew in the power and the promise of the gospel, the glorious gospel. And Lord, for these past 16 days, you have met us here and reminded the world that you are the risen Lord. And we pray tonight and we dedicate this night to you to ignite a fire throughout this country, through your and in the world. Lord, you have visited Gen Z. You've been awakening this generation. He is with you. He is with you in your coming, in your going, in your weeping, rejoicing. He is with you. And may God use you to bring every school and every university, every ministry in this nation may be touched in a supernatural way. So we commit, Lord, this hours of prayer to you. Awaken us from casual prayer and domesticated Christianity and culturally compromised churches. And Lord, ignite a really? fire across this nation and world, we pray. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay. When you're talking about con culturally compromised churches, does that include the culturally compromised seminary of Asbury Theological Seminary? I mean... You know, this is a church it's, that it's, has female... They, this is a... Seminary that embraces female pastors. This is a seminary that embraces uh, side B Christianity. Well, what I mean, else? It'd be a easier list to compile the seminaries that aren't compromised. Um, so, 
that'd be easier to start with than the or even just Christian colleges in general, because a lot of the so-called Christian colleges that were founded, like, let's say, 100 years ago, a lot of them are compromised. I mean, Baylor is supposedly a, a Baptist university. There's supposed to be a Baptist one. So, so that's, I mean, that's just one example. I don't know what, I don't know if Oral Roberts is that faithful. I mean, they, I mean, I, but that's, that has more to do with who Oral Roberts was. I, I'm muting it because of, uh, I don't want to get copyrighted for songs because they, YouTube will disrupt the stream for, uh song copyright for some stupid reason even if the song even if they're just doing a piano in the background of you know spoken word it's really stupid how youtube operates like that but yeah you know, it's a contemporary worship song uh i don't know i don't recognize it uh because i don't know a whole lot about contemporary worship music that's why we had david moral on to talk about contemporary christian music but uh yeah, and there's there's a comment choosing a good seminary is like is as difficult as choosing a college. And I think it's actually harder because I think you should just, you know, community college is a really good option and it's cheaper. But good seminaries there's I guess a handful of decent ones. Uh Mid-America Baptist Seminary if you're already vocationally involved with ministry, that one seems like a solid option for you. I don't know any bad things about Liberty University's seminary program. And there's a couple other specialty things. Then we got Dr. Russell Fuller. Let's give him a shout out with the theology classroom. And he's working on getting that accredited in some capacity as well. So there aren't too many seminary options, but uh, the ones that exist are de the ones that exist are more decently priced than uh a lot of them so that's just uh it limits your options but in in such a way that you know there's an online program if there's an online program then that's good and then working with a local church to affirm your ministry calling i think is the other critical component to that Asbury Theological Seminary is not a seminary I recommend because they are Methodist. And, you know, that's basically all I need. That's the only argument I really need because they believe in the ordination of women. So the only argument I need. You recognize this song at all? No. Okay, yeah, I mean, I recognize it. What is this, uh, Bethel, or...? Mm -hmm. I don't know the song, but I know I've heard it. Uh, we got some chat about the LCMS, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. And they've kind of got, they have like a woke president out of here. Because I thought this was a pretty conservative denomination otherwise. Because they split from the Lutheran ECLA. So they're supposed to be the conservative Lutherans, but I hear they have a woke president. So they have their own struggle. Well, that they kind of had a rewritten commentary of their catechism or something.
Yeah, I don't recognize this song. I mean, uh, I know I recognize this. It's an okay song. I mean, um, as for oh yeah, yeah, Master Seminary wouldn't be low. They're just more expensive. This might be okay, a little this copyright. one I know. How great it is our God. Not yeah, sure if you, you guys want know this. this song. They just streamed one song into the other. And I'm going to start us off with turn it back up. 1-9. Have I not commanded you to be a strong and courageous? Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Matthew 6, 30 through 34. Therefore, do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles seek after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. This is a lot more Bible reading than Second I ever Corinthians heard. Corinthians 12, 9, and 10. But he said to me, events. my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in hardships, in persecutions, in insults. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Isaiah 61, 1 through 4. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted and to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Odd choice of scripture. Some scripture I've heard from us wouldn't today. be uh, long enough to talk about what God has started here, but I'll do the best I can in under three minutes. Um, yeah, I mean, on Wednesday, February 8th, a very small, a but very schedule. faithful group of slot. Asbury students um, listened to the nudging of the Holy Spirit and stayed in chapel a little longer, and then a little longer, and then way longer. <laughs> um, and we had no idea that the world was about to know God better. I don't think they need to have the piano on the back. And we had no I idea I that have. we and our campus was about to become a mission field. And we had no idea the things that God was going to do. And we still don't. Um, but hundreds have come to know Christ for the first time. I wouldn't call this a And thousands yet. have come to recommit their lives and their hearts to the Christian faith. And so we celebrate that tonight. 
and we join together in prayer tonight and um, just acknowledge that this is not the result of some remarkably spiritual environment, um, but that the Spirit has descended upon us because He wanted to, <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're so thankful. And, um, and, you know, some of you might be thinking this is like the grand finale or or the, That's why the last night of revival, but I just want to encourage you to think again because this is, this is the beginning. And... And the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's not going anywhere. And in his word, he says, um, it says, now the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And while this revival has been a ridiculously unique experience. I just also want to say that like this is the reality of our lives as believers and like this is Christians being Christians. And so I welcome you to this collegiate night of prayer. Um, I welcome you to the last official service of the survival, but I welcome you to the rest of our lives abiding in Christ. Three minutes left to use it. Oh, can we cut the music? What? Cut the music real quick. Okay. So, I mean, one thing you kind of notice is like, you know, she she talked about how she didn't think the world would uh, have taken such notice, which I think is actually true. Like, I, of course, you know, multiple things can be true at once. Ashbury planned this revival, probably. And then it the students caught, involved were unwitting in it. Yeah, that. but... You know, and the fact that, you know, with the internet, everything's kind of live. All sermons are on online right now. So the sermon kept going. So I think the fact that it caught like a tipping point and caught like algorithms, I think they did not plan that. And that's why, like, you never heard about their 2006 revival. There was no social media. It was before True, social but media like, age. You're not like you're not getting Fox News in 2006 talking about their, you know, Bush starting a war for no reason. The housing. uh market is really booming the stock market's up oh and that ashbury revival is happening in kentucky like you're not well, having it needed that. social media to happen yes but it also might speak to a void in our society so you know you know our That's people are people looking and then this event just captured that wave so therefore they kept the, it going the southern baptist convention days. argued are you know just to use their data because they have data arguably peaked in 2008 Prior to Johnny Hunt, the lion and the lamb. You want to put a date on it. How great. The song's a classic I approve. Like I got it from the worship jams or whatever that is. Kids pop with the worship music was. Another thing to note about the songs here, 
said they don't have a projector with the lyrics on it. Why? Might be one reason why the songs are very repetitive, so that the audience doesn't know the songs. They don't have the lyrics. If you look in the top left and right, the top shelf of the screen, they have two projectors that they can scroll down if they wanted to use them. But it, it's an interesting choice not to. And it looks like we're going to have a little bit of a break in the action uh, while they convene in some groups. So, uh, ironically, uh, for the record, like if you look at all those seeker friendly. Uh, articles and stuff they say that they that uh seeker seekers hate uh meet and greets at churches so that's you know just throwing that out there yeah, oh they don't so they don't like friendly churches you know they that, that, you'll see that, that as their material i guess says don't do the whole turn around and shake your the person next to you next to you's hand they, they at least i've seen a dozen articles on christian post talk about that as a church as something non-believers or church shoppers don't like because it makes them feel uncomfortable or something so yeah i mean I, uh and then in baptist circles and a lot of other yeah i think pentecostal circles it might be the same where it you know once you let the lion out of its cage you know good luck getting you know the whole meet and greet part of the worship service to stop <laughs> so uh Interesting uh, idea. I didn't think that they would do this because they seem to be on a schedule, but this is, they're using this time on uh, the people planning this event and coordinating it. The showrunners, they, the showrunners 
are using this time to restructure and reorganize. So uh, they're they're getting ready for something. Uh, and it's weird because, you know, this event was billed as having Francis Chan and uh, Rick Warren and the Bad IHOP and uh, Black Voices Movement. And so far, I'm eagerly waiting for that. So we weren't I mean, entirely sure what to expect, but what we have seen so far has actually been mostly good. Yeah, you actually got scripture being read. Scripture so being read, the music. I mean, let's be honest, probably more scripture than will be read during uh, either of their two keynote speakers. Yeah, I, I think that's very true. And, uh, it's a very know. white environment, so we'll see how uh, the black... How the overflow. Or this is a different college, because this could be the... Uh, what's it say up in the corner? This is the collegiate day of prayer. So this says, yeah, that's Ohio. I think that's at Ohio. So this is the collegiate day of prayer stream. This is not Asbury stream. So, but they obviously have the 4K or whatever videoing of it, which you haven't really seen from any of the other streams of Asbury from what I've looked around and seen. I mean, uh, if this were a drinking game, would be drink every time Rick Warren talks about himself okay, or so touts his stats. Is that, is that a uh, yes, yes. I mean, that's a meme right now on the internet, and you love to see that. Like on the Evangelical Dark Web Twitter account, I tweeted, "Where would God be without Rick Warren?" And you know, just yeah, you know, and the whole Twitterverse, Christian Twitter's dogging on Rick Warren for his massive ego. Like Rick Warren wrote Hebrews, <laughs> and then uh, you know he was the priest of Melchizedek. Or something. I, I'm seeing all sorts of Rick Warren memes being stated they're like the new chuck norris joke or something so uh very interesting time on the internet and of course uh the international house of prayer you know it might be good to take a moment to talk about the international house of prayer or the bad ihop now many I mean, of you might be vaguely familiar with the new apostolic reformation which is a very hyper charismatic group and this hyper charismatic group is all about, you know, redeclaring themselves apostles. And they have all sorts of fruity teachings and fruit loop pastors. Uh, Shay on is one of them. He was in, in the lawsuit with the Biden administration over COVID. So he won a COVID or sorry, against California. Uh, Shay on uh, Mike Bickle. Uh, and I guess Alan Wood is the IHOP representative tonight. It was originally reported that Mike Bickle might be at this event, but this description of this event has Mike Bickle or Alan Wood in the event or Alan Hood. Sorry, Alan Hood in the event. I'm not sure who he is uh, entirely. So, yeah, I mean, so International House of Prayer, just to kind of give a more detailed explanation. Um, so their entire emphasis is on 24, this idea of 24 hour worship that, you know, which I mean, theoretically, I mean, worship of God is 24 seven where two or three are gathered in his name. There he is in, in their presence, but they, they kind of have the idea that, you know, you need to be in prayer for 24 hours or that, you know, this continuous fire that needs to keep on burning. They actually base it off uh, Amos 9-11. And I can just go ahead and pull that up. Yeah, please do. 
but and Mark Bickle is is pretty much the spearheader behind that. If I don't know if you've ever heard if anyone's ever heard of uh, David's tent, it's like it's this prayer tent that's outside the Supreme Court. I don't know if it's entirely affiliated with it, but it kind of has some of those influences. Um, so Amos uh, 9:11 is in that day I will raise up the the fallen booth of David and wall up its breaches. I will raise up its ruins and rebuild it as the as in the days of old. Looks like they were turning to the music. So it's about it's about that Soothing song. We have a girl in the front there wiping away tears. A couple people wiping away tears in the crowd. Yes, to worship you, I live to worship you. Definitely send chat because I'll respond to it. Uh, the I need to constantly feel you pork in order to know I have faith thing is very toxic, and I agree with that. Oh, I just want to bless your name. I think a lot of people grow up in the church loving church music, and then they get outside of the church and they don't, you know, that's the foundation of why they like church in the first place. Music, after all, is one of the top people, reasons people shop Move your heart, God, and give me what I am. Oh, I just want to bless your name. Yeah, I just want to make you glad. Oh, I just want to move your heart, God, and give you all I we sing together to worship you I live. Sing with me. Yes, to worship you. I live to worship you. I live, I live to worship you. Yes, to worship you. I live. I agree on principle. I don't think this this song doesn't have more to it than, you know, I'm going to get My volume just now. Is this good enough? We want to invite you tonight. If you're wanting prayer, we're opening up the altars here. These ones Altar have call. been. Some of them have been praying here. The great awakening, right afternoon there. Afternoon and evening, awakening. day after day. Uh, Charles and so Finney if there's something in your heart that you want prayer calls. for, you want breakthrough, freedom, or you want to come to Jesus, feel free to make your way to the what? altar. Did he just equate tonight as we breakthrough and freedom with coming to Jesus? 
As of this moment, there's been 4,614 campus ministries, churches, and individuals who've adopted 4,200 college campuses. And thank you, Jesus. What would it be like if every college campus had three, five, ten churches, ministries that are covering and saturating these campuses in prayer? I want to invite you, would you pull out your phone? Go to collegiatedayofprayer.org. We want to invite you to adopt a campus that's near to your home, that you go to school at, a campus that's near to your heart, and one that's unengaged with the gospel. We would love to see 10,000 ministries, churches, individuals adopting every campus. And so we're believing God that the Lord would raise up down the street from these campuses friends that are believing God for revival and spiritual awakening. For the record, if you're going to do an altar call, you should at least do a gospel presentation first. Yeah, that makes sense. But he just said, kind of come up. This has been good. This is real powerful, y'all. Um, well, we're a couple college students from UK and EKU, and we. Is this a black. Go Cats, best school in America. Is this a black voices movement? We've been tasked with saying some of our life verses for you all tonight. Oh, really? And mine is Romans 5 5 verses. They're from a different school. And it says, And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love has been poured out into the hearts through the Holy Spirit, who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, when we're still powerless, Christ died for the, for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person through, for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we're still sinners, Christ died for us. On the Romans Road. Yeah. This is Psalm 30, 1 through 5. I will exalt you, Lord, for you lifted me out of the depths and did not let my enemies gloat over me. Lord my God, I called to you for help and you healed me. You, Lord, brought me up from the realm of the dead. You spared me from going down to the pit. Sing the praises of the, of the Lord, you his faithful people. Praise his holy name. For his anger lasts only a moment, but his favor lasts a lifetime. Weeping may stay for the night, but rejoicing comes in the morning. I'm going to be reading 2 Corinthians 4, 8 through 10. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. Hey, it's just a good life verse. That was one. Ephesians chapter two, verses eight and nine. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not from yourselves; it is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It's the gift of God. God cannot help but give us good gifts. He gives us a beautiful world in which we can worship him. He gives us his image in which we are made. 
And he gives us the very breath first. in our lungs. Let's take a breath together. Breathe in. Meditation. Breathe out. That breath was a gift from God. He is present here. But we, we see this brokenness in our world. We see the brokenness in our own lives. Is he like going to be a Methodist preacher one day? We take the gifts of God and we elevate them above God himself. In the garden, the serpent got Adam and Eve to question God's goodness. Has God really given the best to you or is he withholding something from you? And when we decided to take something that was less than God. This has been the worst part of the night. Him, that is what the Bible calls sin. Okay. And sin has a cost. The scriptures say the wages of sin is death. And so when we, as Adam and Eve, chose to put something, a gift above God, we inherited death. That's but not God, what they did, out though. Out of his goodness, he continues to they give wanted again. to be like a, God. A they wanted to usurp God. Called the Israelites, and he says, "I'm going to give you a promised land, and I'm going to give you a law not to help put you." Put a gift in be his reminded place. Of how good, I mean, how holy I it's am. kind of a coincidence that I do do again. We take the article the I'm law, working on has quoted the Ephesians two eight, which the one we manipulate it, we control it. We say we can't live up to this standard. Hold on, your audio is cut now. And the law gives a way for us to be made right. It says if you sacrifice a perfect lamb, a lamb without blemish, the lamb's blood will cover your He's sin. He's going Old Testament and, and not doing it well. But of course, the Israelites and we cannot hold the standard of the law. So God says, out of my abundance, I'm going to give you the perfect sacrifice. This is the worst parody his of name is Jesus. Peter's sermon on Pentecost like I've ever heard. Read, it's a gift of God. God cannot help but give himself away. In Philippians 2, it said he did not count equality with God something to be grasped, but he gave himself away. He, he poured himself out in the form of a servant. And as the wages of sin is death, there on that cross, Jesus took the punishment that we deserve because he was the worthy lamb. He, he lived the perfect life. He never had a sinful thought. But he took the wrath of God on the cross. We forget that that cross is, a, is an instrument of torture. It's all over. It's on the water tower. But, but thank you, Jesus, that he gave it all out of himself to forgive us our sins. He is the perfect lamb. He washes our sins away. And not only that, he, he died, but he rose again. He defeated sin and he defeated the grave. This is the best news. You've gotten better. And in our church, we, we've often misconstrued the perfect gift that he gives called eternal life. We think often that eternal life is something we get when we die. But scripture says, Jesus said in John 17, 3, and this is eternal life, that they know you, that the true God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Eternal life is not something you inherit this is true. I'm only comment on after this chat death, in a but second. you can experience the free gift of God today. And all that he requires from you is that you repent, you turn away from the ways you have elevated things other than God. And you say, God, 
you deserve it all because you died on the cross and you rose again, giving a free gift of grace. And all we have to do is repent. And my brother Christian, he's going he's gonna to give a little glimpse of how God has given the free gift of grace in his own life. So let's give it up for So Christian. I want to point out that he stated that he stated that the law could have saved people, but they couldn't do the law right. And thus Jesus was the perfect sacrificial lamb. Repentance. For the last two weeks, we have been given the gift of God's kindness and have experienced an outpouring of his love. As a result of this kindness being poured out, we have experienced radical humility and repentance. Repentance is one of the intended outcomes of receiving God's kindness, as we see this in Romans 2, 4, which says, God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance. God has been meeting with us in a kind and gentle way that has overwhelmed us with his love in the natural reaction that is repentance. We have seen this since day one. So many students gathered at the altars or in their seats or were confessing sins and turning from ungodly patterns in their life, not because of worship, not because of a, an awesome sermon, sorry, Zach, uh, not because of a, a, a perfect worded altar call, but because they experienced God's love and kindness, which led to repentance. They experienced godly sorrow rather than worldly sorrow, which 2 Corinthians 7.10 says, Godly sorrow brings repentance that leads to salvation and leaves no regret, but worldly sorrow brings death. Practical differences between godly and worldly sorrow is worldly sorrow is being upset that you got caught, being afraid of the consequences. Worldly sorrow is sadness that does not lead to repentance. But godly sorrow is being broken over grieving the heart of God, caring more about your spiritual condition than the consequences of your sins. Being willing to die to self, surrender everything to him, and genuinely turn 180 degrees from your sin and walk towards him. I've seen God's kindness lead me to repentance in my own life. I shared briefly last week about how God had removed pride from my life just up there. I got to Hughes late and I was in a bad mood. I wasn't able to sit on the floor and I had all this pride in my heart. And I just felt like God was gently saying to me, Christian, is this your fire? Is this mine? And that, that just broke me. And I could just feel God's gentle kindness uh, leading me to that godly sorrow. And I just asked him to kill Christian Alexander in that moment. That I would die to self. And when, when I left, I took a picture of my seat saying, that is my tombstone. That's where I died. It's as a reminder. You talk about sitting at the revival. I think he's talking about having multiple instances of being But he was saved. gentle in pointing out my pride, and his kindness allowed me to have godly sorrow, which led me to turn from my prideful state and die to self. For the last two weeks, we've been lingering in the outpouring of God's love and kindness and have been changed. My prayer, prayer is that we would have our hearts open to the love and kindness of God, and that it would result in experiencing God's healing and the gentle pointing out of sins, which leads to godly sorrow, genuine repentance, death to self, and a lot of tombstones. He did a lot better than the first guy. That's not just good news. That's best news. Good news is when my wife shows up and I miss her. Or good news is when there's free Indian food. Best news. Best news is Somebody Jesus likes died the on the cross for us. Salad. Amen. I like mimosas. And the best yeah. news demands a response. What's your response? Over the last couple of weeks, we've had different ways to respond to the outpouring of God's love. So I want to address everyone in the room, anyone in the extension sites, anyone that's joining us online. 
I want to invite us to respond. Okay, I'm going to give us three ways to respond, and then I'm going to ask for an action. We're going to fall to our knees. Wherever you're at, whether country, wherever your campus, we're going to fall to our knees. But these are the three ways we respond. When you experience the love of God, when he confronts you with the love of God, we respond. The first one, as we hear kindness leads us to repentance, some of us need to fall to our knees and repent for our sins. The second response is you will be on your knees crying out for your campus to be confronted by the love what? of God, for an outpouring of the love of God. Maybe it's your friends. Maybe you speak of a specific friend. Right now I think of my friend Keegan. Maybe it's your family. Like this my sounds family, like a compelled struggle session. I Maybe don't it's think this is healthy. Would you fall to your knees and cry out for repentance? And then some of you, like Pastor Zeke said, you're ready to give your life to Christ, to repent and believe wherever you're at. So we're going to come to our knees now. So go ahead. You said kindness leads to repentance. No, conviction leads to repentance. You are convicted in your sin, and that leads to repentance. You have to actually believe right, we stay that focused. you are a sinner. We stay focused. Got to stay focused. So first, first response is that you just feel the need to repent for sin in your life. The second one is you're crying out for the outpouring of God's love to lead people to repentance on your campus, in your family, in the nations, or your friend. And then some of you come to your knees knowing it's time to repent and believe. Or in some translations, to repent and return. Repentance will refresh your life. So we're going to have a moment of silence. And then if you're the third option, that you're ready to repent and believe, repent and return, and give your life to Jesus, I'm going to ask you to respond. But let's experience a little bit of silence and the generosity of the Holy Spirit's voice will whisper to us. It's very new agey as far as something that you might see at Bethel or... Yeah, what I find weird yeah. about this is how compelled it is. You are being forced to do this. It's not a natural reaction. So this just creates an environment in which someone would be, you know, seeking attention or, you know... It, you know, you're going to you're you're casting seeds out into a field. And of course, the question is, well, how many of these seeds are going to grow up healthy and how many of them are going to get choked out? How many of them are just going to get so burned by the sun? Thank you for repenting. Holy Spirit, be generous with your voice and presence right now. Would you lead us to repentance? Thank you for those who are crying out. That outpouring of love that would lead. You got to have the piano nations, and the prayer. Friends, like why? To repent. But right now we pray for those who are ready to repent and believe. It's the best news. The ever. reason why is because so if that is you, music you're ready is to give emotional. Your life to Christ. Music is deeply believe. tied repent to emotions. I'm going to ask you to respond. It will not be the hardest thing you do for your faith. And would you come off your knees and stand? If that is you who want to. Repent and believe. Thank you. Thank you. I see you. I'm proud of you. Wherever you're at, would you stand if it's time to repent and believe? Thank you. I see you. 
so proud of you. I mean, this is basically your sinner's prayer if you're standing with conversion. Me, that, you know, interesting, Nathan Zeke says, don't pray to the Holy Spirit. So Jesus modeled you. praying to God the Father in and the more Lord's than anything, prayer. Jesus is ready to receive you. Interesting note so about that. So if you're that. standing, would you repeat after me? It's all God, but you do see people like Mike standing, Todd emphasize praying to the Holy Spirit. So if you're standing, repeat oh, I guess that's like specifically a, a hyper charismatic practice. You are I don't know. I don't know the emphasis on praying to the Savior. Holy Spirit versus praying, praying to God, because the Holy Spirit because is God. Holiness, Jesus is God. The Father is God. I confess my sins. We're gonna take a second for you to confess your sins. But this is your. This is a sinner's prayer type. You know, pray the sinner's prayer and you're saved. Which I guess is one per oh, like a lot of a criticism of like Rick Warren's purpose-driven life, and and perhaps even going to like the Billy Graham revival type uh, movement. A lot of televangelism is that it's kind of all about you know pray the prayer, grace and forgiveness. the and one time, like closing and, sales. Yeah, Holy Spirit, and that's exactly what this is. Those empty places. I give you leadership over my life. I'm about to say amen. And in, that, in the last two weeks, it's kind of tradition as a family that we celebrate. But before we do that, I want to tell you, those who are standing up, those who are online, those who are extensions, if, if you're in a physical location, will you come forward so we can get you connected? If you're online, we have ways for you to connect. Do not miss this opportunity to not only repent and believe, but be formed and become more like Jesus. So those who are standing up, would you declare your salvation, that this is your response by saying amen. Ready? Amen. Amen. Presumably, presumably, these are all students at a Methodist university. Don't they have some sort of underlying faith before going to a Methodist university? I mean, I realize Baylor is huge, so no, that's not to be expected there. Or Texas Christian University, not to be expected there. Or a lot of Christian universities, but still.
second hour of this uh gonna be where the rick warren and francis chan and mike nickel and the nar movement all come in because it looks like they've kind of concluded their stuff am i misreading this i don't even know i mean i'll i'll bite i'll bite um uh no i don't do qr codes you know what you're thinking but i've never done a qr code and i'm not starting now i missed it
about when God pours himself out is that he not only pours out his love, but he pours out his healing. And he pours out his healing because he loves us. And there's been no shortage of healing on our campus and the people who've come here and the people, as the people have gone out, we've just seen so much healing happen. We've seen physical healing. We've seen spiritual healing. We've seen people healed from church hurt. We've seen emotional healing, mental health, gone. Anxiety, gone. Depression, gone. They call this the placebo effect for the record. We've seen relational healing on our campus. People who were not friends before worshiping together. That's not relationship healing. That's people becoming friends. Comes, nothing is left undone. We want to give testimony to the healing that we've seen and we're born witness to. And who better to hear it from than some of our students? This first student here was here from the very beginning. She was part of the gospel choir. So she's had a front row seat to everything that God's been doing. Hi. My so we're going to have testimony to miracles essentially so um, we're going very talk charismatic a bit about what i've seen god doing um, amongst our students as a student leader um and so the first hour um like Jeannie said um, i was a part of the gospel choir um and we were just feeling led by the spirit to just continue in song and worship and prayer um and it kind of felt like 10 minutes but then three hours later i just felt um, the spirit told me to just look around and the same 20 students stayed and probably skipped their 11 a.m., um, including me. And um, I just decided to just ask the Holy Spirit like what was happening and what I needed to be interceding for. Um, and so I just heard him say that first, just pray for your peers to be obedient, to stay and come and just spread the word. So I prayed for that. And then the second wave was just to ask for forgiveness for the things that we've done for, uh, against each other. Um, and also just grudges we had against each other and towards the institution. And then the third one, a grudge the third towards wave, college, um, was just joy and confession. All the money, the vaccine mandate. Uh, joy. So I think no, they fought the vaccine mandate. Ashbury did. Yes, they did it with South the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary with uh, Al Muller. When okay. Al Muller decided to come late on this issue, he partnered with Asbury Theological Seminary to do so. We'll take that back. So, uh, yeah, they, they fought the uh, Biden mandate. Was fully students and, students and for that, here, but also I'll give them some credit. I'll give them more credit than Al Mahler. Um, and I just saw a lot of reconciliation. Um, and so I just pray um, as you are here and you're experiencing um, the move of God that won't end. Um, the same God that's here is moving in a lot of other places across the world um, in other denominations and other homes. Um, so I just pray that your obedience being here and your obedience to listening to the spirit um, doesn't just stop tonight. It continues throughout your whole walk with Christ. Um, so I just pray as you continue to plant seeds in others, others' lives and also as a spirit plants seeds, that you continue to water that in reading your word and praying and intercession, um, going to your friends and asking questions. It's, it's nothing wrong with asking questions and asking professors questions. Don't keep that towards yourself. It's how the body of Christ grows. Use your gifts. Um, so yeah, I just pray for everyone here. I love you, but Jesus loves you more. Now she did good on the part about holding grudges. Here in just a minute, and we're that's, the Bible really condemns the idea of holding personal grudges God with people. To us, that we believe that God is coming to rescue this generation, 
It will no longer be known as a generation of anxiety, depression, and death. It will and be known as a generation of joy, fulfillment, and life. And um, I just wonder if we could just hear more about how it is that we've been... This guy sounds like he'd be on like TBN God's or something. God's love begin to move and heal and change us on the, inner, on the inside. Please tell me that's not Rachel Gilson. Yeah, so um, for over half my life, my identity has resided in my depression and my anxiety. No, it's not um, her. Okay. And on Wednesday, February 8th, uh, God showed up to Asbury, and he convicted me to give up some anger and resentment that I had towards him, towards other people in my life, um, just for things that had been affected by my anxiety and my depression. And even bigger, he asked that I lay control at the feet of the cross. Um, and I had done this many times in prayer, um, but I always kind of swiped it up as I walked away. Um, and so for the first time in my life, I actually left all of that at the feet of Jesus. And I left Hughes, and I could breathe easier, and the air in my lungs was so much lighter. And um, in Matthew 11, 28 through 30, God says, Come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And for four straight days, I experienced no anxiety. Um, that was 15 days ago, right? And it eventually came back, but my freedom didn't come in the form of depression and anxiety evacuating my life completely, but it came in the form of the control they had over my life being gone completely. That's good news. My identity comes first from Christ and my daughtership in him. And um, I really wish that my story was unique, but anxiety and depression have become the calling cards of the younger generations. There's and, uh, specific reasons God for that. I've in miraculous ways in college students over the past couple weeks. And my two biggest things in revival that God has revealed to me is one, my God is bigger than I thought he was because my God is bigger than my depression. And my God is bigger than my anxiety. And my story can be your story because God died on the cross for anxiety and depression to set us free. He walked out of the grave and you can too because I did. Yeah, and what really sets the uh, music and my final making it unfit is she's so soft-spoken you can barely hear her. I mean, the reason depression and anxiety and a lot of that stuff is up is because of all the liberalism that has polluted our society. That's your sexual revolution and feminism right there. Yeah. These students are not the same when we saw them two weeks ago. They're different. Their faces different. Then you add social different. media. I just want to hear yes. one more testimony of how these changed. So I was raised as a pastor's kid. Um, a lot of you guys probably already know my story. I don't know his story. As I grew up, I began to slowly choose the world more and more. Um, 
I started to feed my flesh more than feed my soul. Um, eventually, as I got to the summer before my senior year, I, I hit a season in my life um, that has, has brought a lot of trauma to my life and, and sent me into a season of dark depression uh, and characteristic of everything else that our generation has gone through. Um, trauma. And for that whole senior year, I struggled heavily with mental illness and suicidal ideation. Uh, I just longed to belong, um, to be loved, and I'd been running away from God for so long that I didn't know where to start. I began to, to go back to what I've been doing for years and, and run to things that um, only provided momentary pleasure and left me emptier than I was before. In the last two or three weeks, I felt the love of God in a way that I never have before. In the chaos of my life and trauma, I felt him embrace me. I, I felt so desired and sought after by the Father. I truly can say that I belong in this section. amazing body of believers. God's mighty hand has been at work in obvious ways here on this campus. I've seen people's health restored physically. Chains been broken. And ultimately lives saved as people have given their lives to Jesus. And that has been the wildest two weeks of my life. But I couldn't be more grateful. That offered no specifics. So we, we want to return to prayer because... And again, why are a lot of men depressed? How is that a story? Extraordinary. But in reality, well, they're normal. And why are a this lot of men depressed these days? This is what uh, Jesus got pornography, uh, this is what we want at, to happen, like, and God wants to happen on every campus, Obviously, social media, the fact that young people aren't even dating or having so sex anymore, we want to just stand in the same numbers that they used to, so there's a lot of, like, the socialization of, like, the younger generations not saying they should be having sex, but, like, this is what we need in this generation. We have signs. Okay, we're going to we break up to another prayer group. To do it. So let's ask him for it. Are you ready? So let's stand up. Let's cry out to God for healing in this generation. So now we're getting a little more hyper charismatic. And again, they're supposed to be Methodists. I, I don't see yeah. the you, reason why they need to have the music in the background. It's just. But you. But the common, manipulative. But the common theme of like depression, mental health, which again, you know, all this emphasis on mental health, and all we got was more mental health problems. So, yeah, you know, yeah, that's we gotta, kind of my thing, and it's one of those things that's a that's a, it's a thought in my head that's like almost too offensive to share, but it's like the emphasis on mental health has led to mental weakness, and I think that's. Uh, so very, very uh, I don't know if you guys can see my I, phone, I but this is the link to the. Um, okay, uh, let me pull. Let me basically switch it up here. Yeah. Uh, so what does it say? Uh, it's time for an awakening. Uh, you were made for such a time as this. We believe that as students go, so goes the, our nation, and this generation has the ability through the power of the Holy Spirit to take God's church to the next level. Wherever you're at in life, people are praying for unity, praying in unity for God to change your heart so that you can be part of the changing the direction of the world. Are you in? So they are kind of doing it as a sales pitch, as if they're trying to get you to join the army or something, except it's God's army, except. Um, it's not Dumbledore's army. It's time uh, for an awakening. You know what I especially hated that in that was uh, the student, uh, the student. 
the cow like students of the America direct the direction of the nation. I just absolutely hate that. That that hasn't been true for the majority of American history. I mean, uh, because and- most people didn't go to college. You know, so that largely isn't true until the last couple generations where we've artificially made college a requirement. And I say artificially because you don't need college to do sales. You don't need college to do marketing. You don't need college to do. I'm using a lot of business. A lot of a lot of even trades. Yes. But I mean, and again, you know, why there's not say good reason, but like, you know, there's not a, a lot of reason for optimism in these in these generations. Simply because they've been sold a pipe dream. They don't, dream have, on co- what they don't been sold- have what their parents had. Yeah, they've been sold a pipe dream on college. The fact that interest rates are ten percent for cars and like seven percent for houses. How are you going to afford that? This generation can't afford that. Certainly not when like condos have increased like fifty percent since two thousand sixteen. So I mean, the idea is they're being sold out. The American dream is pretty. The idea of an American dream of them being able to prosper in this economy. That's pretty much out the window. The fact that they lost several, like two years of their life to COVID. So that lie, that scam, that's out the window. Then, uh, you know, that's... Uh, Scott would like to remind us of the, the decade called the 70s and 80s. But he's right. But still. Now, yeah. we were blessed with such artificially low interest rates for years. But you also right? had... We're raising stable... those interest rates in order to combat the... It, inflation like that's how the federal reserve wants to combat inflation by raising interest rates so they printed a bunch of money because congress told them to and now they're going to hurt the average joe by raising interest rates because congress hurt the average joe by inflationary spending yeah but the inflation on the on the real estate since the 70s even even since well the inflation again like i said the condos that increased 50 percent uh like townhouses you kind of see the same thing in like under 10 years so you compare that with interest rates that are obscene and and yeah the 70s a little bit higher but at the same time i don't think your payments were nearly as high as far like your car costs three thousand dollars not fifty three thousand dollars yeah well it can help but yeah i think the idea that this is the entire generation, us us included, because I remember in like elementary school, they're basically telling you if you don't go to college, you'll be a failure in life. You won't, you know, your college neighbor is going to make a million dollars more in their lifetime than you. And learn to code. Which is definitely, again, you don't need to go to college to learn to code. In fact, you can, you know, use chat GPT to write code for you. <laughs> So the future is looking bright for learning the code, by the way. You just got to know a little thing or two. Uh, but And then, of course, you have all the societal d- decay as far. And again, this goes back to sexual revolution, feminism. So you pair economic decay with societal decay as far as the degeneracy. Then you pair the fact that these people don't have churches or their churches are seeker-sensitive, seeker uh, purpose-driven churches. So they're not even getting spiritual fulfillment. So you got a bunch of people that have no spiritual foundation, no economic opportunity. And I think we got a Hillsong song coming up. So I'm going to play it. I'm going to let the audio come in. I've never heard this song.
very passive worship song. You are more than a visitation. You are more than a good emotion. I've actually attended a seeker sensitive church. He does remind me of this, actually. You are God. Her singing voice, too.
did not. Can you I just tried to, you know, get the sound from an app, but it didn't work. died for. Everything he purchased. Father, do it. Everything he's prayed for at your right hand, give it to him. Every campus, every nation, every government, give it to him, Abba. Give it to him. Revelation eleven fifteen. Then the seventh angel sounded, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of God and his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. And tonight we come declaring to the world what the apostles and prophets always declared, that darkness shall come to an end. And that the last trumpet shall sound. The archangel shall shout. And the Lord himself will shout. And he will split the sky. It will roll back like a scroll. And we will see the greatest transference of power the world has ever witnessed. This kind of sounds a little new apostolic reformation. When the they Father, can... who has promised his son the nation, will give it to him as his inheritance. Beloved, right now, Jesus is ruling and reigning as the King of kings and Lord of lords at the right hand of the Father. The angels know this. The saints know this. But today, the kingdoms of this world the governments of this world do not know that he's the King of kings and Lord of lords. And yet the Father has promised. And Zephaniah 2.11 says that in that day he will show himself awesome to them. He will reduce the gods of the earth to nothing so that the peoples can worship him from every shore. Church history also tells us there are divine seasons when God puts the world on notice that what the angels know around the throne of God that Jesus Christ is Lord of all he puts geographic regions on notice that he's the Lord of all that in a moment the spirit is poured out and what's true around heaven becomes clear on earth to sinner and believer alike Tonight, we want to begin to pray that what you've experienced, all the nations of the earth would experience. That what heaven knows about Jesus, that what heaven knows about Jesus, all the nations would know about Jesus. Beloved, we're crying out 
for every college campus tonight to have a revival. But beloved, I want to put something bigger than just college campuses in front of you. Before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, the apostle Peter promised that he would pour out his spirit on all flesh and his sons and daughters would prophesy. And that before that coming great day of the Lord, there would be a great crying out for salvation in the nation. And that even Israel would call out, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen. In that uh, 15 year. I'm still waiting. What began in that upper room with the local outpouring of the Holy Spirit has now had global impact as the nations of the earth are coming to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus. Well, beloved, we want to believe that in the last days, God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh, a global outpouring of the Spirit, way bigger than Asbury, way bigger than Wilmore, way bigger than Methodism, that God would pour out His Spirit on all flesh, and that it would lead to a mighty revival, a great, a great inflood of the harvest of souls that even a million people could turn to Jesus and that the church would walk in fullness, the fullness of the wisdom, the fruit, and the power of the Holy Spirit, that even Israel might be provoked to jealousy and cry out that Jesus is Lord of all. And Methodists are dispensational and hyper-charismatic. So right now, I we want to huddle gay. again. And we want to pray that Jesus would receive the reward of his suffering in every nation of the earth. That there would be a mighty revival in the church that would lead to maturity and a great awakening in every society on the earth. Let's begin to lift our voices. Uh, what are they about to do? Is this where Francis Chan comes on? Yeah, or Rick Warren? If they're doing music, we probably got to unpack that. Uh, yeah, he went like... Cool. Yeah, I got to say, in Revelations, 144,000 Jews in Jerusalem repenting is a very small percentage of that pop country's population. That's how you want to interpret it. Let's just cry out. Just want to run the numbers God by would do this. Just get into groups just for a few minutes. Just okay, go ahead and pause. It. It looks like they're going back to and ask God that He would have His inheritance right now. Uh, yeah, because you, you went. What's her face is going to be doing a more shout singing. So and we don't yeah, we hear can, that. Um, yeah, we do not want to. Oh yeah, that. he went pretty uh, new apostolic uh, reformation where because his insinuation on a lot of the pouring out is that people on earth could manifest the essentially the second coming of christ and that's a lot of what they believe then you have this notion of the region yeah, we can provoke israel to jealousy uh which i again our I, revivals. I i interpret that verse as being pre-70 AD in its full context because he's going romans um so he's jumping around a bit but or mainly pre-70 AD. because you know provoke israel to jealous before their impending judgment that Christ predicted, but he, 
he delved into like the idea that the different regions so i don't know if they're going like seven mountain mandate or like yeah he, he did mention government and uh education for sure has been a major theme here so they they've had a lot of uh they, they mentioned at least a few of those seven mountains but i'm but not as, as far as like the different regions of the world uh, building out and that's kind of what nar thinks because you know bethel would say they're one region and they need to re raise up this the five-fold ministry in another region i mean that, that's why like bethel had like a school of coding i don't know if you knew that like no but the value I, I proposition mean, it's bethel you put christian in front of a coding school and you can learn the code there so yeah, that was that was weird. Definitely got into some dispy cringe and then hyper charismatic gnar stuff. Uh I thought he was gonna get a little more uh off script when he said, you know, your sons and daughters will prophesy in your name when he when he went in that direction. I thought he was gonna go off script with the prophecy of his own, which I guess you could say that he did, but not in the way that I thought. Uh and Scott says that you're smart. <laughs> I interpret that as pre-70 AD, which is correct because you're smart. Only stupid because people believe you Paul, can go post-70 post or 1947 AD Israel into creating the apocalypse. And no, yeah. but specifically Paul, you know, wanting his, the kinsmen of his flesh could be, his emphasis is because he knows about the judgment that is coming upon them. Right. And so that's Christ, why he has this uh, pleading. Right. And then you got the idea that Hebrews also talks about the that they're going to get what they're what's coming. They're going to get which the judgment was, that's coming to them. I believe it's Hebrews 10 or 11 which was not uh, Rick Warren, was, but Paul, probably it was. Yeah, it wasn't Rick Warren. It was Paul, but probably written by Luke is I think the, that's the best explanation for who wrote Hebrews. It was a Paul sermon written by Luke. Uh, and then, you know, but it talks about the impending judgment of uh jerusalem and israel uh 70 a.d so a lot of the bible points to 70 a.d and uh because of 70 a.d uh christianity is technically an older religion now than judaism and is that modern the... judaism is not the same as it was prior to 70 a.d it's a completely different religion now is that the uh international house of prayer guy because again they are pretty much nar um I, I don't know. I'm going to check back in because it looks like we got some action coming on. I think I know this one. if you want to pause it so yeah we got a very repetitive thing, thing i did want to touch on is this notion of judgment because he's talking about how god pours out his judgment on the nations and that's the maryland guy right there so maryland represent but uh maryland. <laughs> 
but I mean, you know, go into detail. Like that's part of the problem with a lot of what these speakers are doing is they're speaking in very vague language. Yeah, like, this guy had please, a season of tell his me, life where he tell was me about satisfaction. The, like, like, which I'm going to assume okay. involves pornography and possibly drugs. But yeah, like, t- was, tell me about just the say that. What is the judgment happening upon the nations as of today? Like, if you because you know revive like you know this is a revival, so maybe you presume that there's some kind of calamity happening in our society go into detail that's the problem they don't want to go into detail which you know you get this vague i guess christianese yeah what's interesting is we came into this expecting a lot more big eva presence because again the youtube link for the trailer for this event was francis chan talking about it saying rick putting rick warren's name the international house of prayer the bad ihop uh, a bunch of other worship people. And so far, this has just been the Asbury Revival's grand finale. It's their grand finale. Unless they're trying to get, take it to midnight and or something. we've seen some good things out of it. Let's not you know, get completely unbalanced here. But we did hear the one Zach guy. Was his name Zach or something? But he gave a very sloppy gospel presentation, which he didn't get sin right. And then tried to get and then went bad in his interpretation of the old Testament law as well. But then he kind of finished a lot better, at least give him that much. And then we heard the NAR guy, the NAR Methodist. So we've seen a lot of very compelled behavior, but this is slightly better than I thought we were going to get tonight. I do got to say that I was expecting worse because I was expecting Francis Chan and Rick Warren. Yeah. So uh, there's a guy in the kid there. There's a guy in the crowd. And I wondered if he had a green wristband because that allowed him backstage. Because you see some of them also have green wristbands on as well. So let's pull the sound back up. Be a little, I haven't listened long enough to know how repetitive it is, but musically, I like it. If you're in the middle of a moment with the Lord right now, I beg you to not listen to a word that I say and just keep doing that. Um, my name is my name is AJ. I am a student at Indiana Wesleyan University, and I 
am horribly unworthy to be on this stage in front of you guys, but, but the God that I get to tell of is so much more worthy. And so I hope that in my words you hear nothing but praise and glory to him. In May, at the beginning of this year, I got invited to a conference in Lexington, Kentucky with some other student leaders across the country. And one of the things that we did is we came to this room and we got on our knees and we prayed that the Lord would do this right here. And I sat back in that corner and I laid on my face and I was begging the Lord to do something. And, and I wish I could tell you it was this hopeful, expectant prayer, but quite honestly, it was the worst couple hours of my life because I was so consumed with the cost. I was so upset at everything that he was asking me to say no to, as everything he was asking, I, I cried at the loss of everything that I felt like he was taking from me. And, and in this moment right now, I just want you to know that when you step into the fullness of an answered prayer, the cost is so light. And so as we leave this place in a little bit, and you feel the cost of what the Lord is asking you to say no to, I urge you, brothers and sisters, do not see it as a no, but see it as a, as a yes that he is asking you to step into. There is a world out there that has no clue of the goodness that you and I have felt in this place. And so I beg you right now, teachers, make your classrooms sanctuaries. Don't dads make your city sanctuaries. Moms and dads, would you make your households temples? Pastors, would you begin to make your churches nothing but holy ground? Would we step into our communities and would we not let it be good enough in our hearts that we've experienced this goodness and our baristas and our cashiers and our waitresses and our neighbors and our friends and our families have not yet? It is so selfish for us Baristas. to ask for the Lord to come back, to beg him to come back, and to not tell people about it. So let us be a people, be a generation that gets on our knees and prays and believes in the power of prayer. That believes that when we pray for things in accordance to his will, he will answer them and he will fulfill them. Because he is a zealous God who is chasing our hearts in the same way that he's chasing us right now. He wants to chase this generation and he wants to use us as vessels. It's a call to action, because they've already done their gospel presentation of the program, I guess. So now it's a call to action. Yeah, turn your mic on. What, uh, what do we do now? Call to action. All right. So 16 days ago, the Lord decided on the heels of prayers and surrender to call some of you to just tarry just wait we never do that and uh, thank God for the 20 who stayed and just waited and then 200 and then 2,000 and then tonight thousands upon thousands and we're praying for millions Amen. You say, well, what did God do? What, what happened in that moment? I love 
Psalm 48.3, the Lord has chosen to make himself known. He's showing the world, he's showing you, he's showing all of us who he really is. Jonathan Edwards said our task as a church is to give the world a right opinion of God. Right? Bethel more angry right and now. So God has chosen to make himself <laughs> known and that's why you have been overwhelmed Apparently, uh, Michael Bird, the Australian, God, gets right? mad because when students or hates and Matthew Henry. we've been overwhelmed Henry. with the righteousness and the holiness so. of God. And in his light, we've seen light, and we've seen our own sin and our own need, and we've fallen down before him, and we've repented, and we've surrendered because he's so loving, so kind, so gracious. We gladly bow before him. And that's why, isn't it, we've all just started singing. I mean, just singing to the Lord. It's like the blind man who was healed by Jesus, and the first thing he saw when he opened his eyes was the eyes of Jesus Christ. And you just have to think, he thought, I will never go anyplace else. This is the one who gives us life. And that's why... You've been worshiping the Lord for the past 360 plus hours. I want to ask you a question. Has uh, anybody in just your, to be clear, they talked about repentance a lot early on. That? You might have missed that part, would, would, but they did talk about could repentance. Could you do that? Respond to some chat here. Would you have done that on your own? If we said, we have a new plan, by the way, a little, little program, we want you to worship God with no intermission for 16 days. Well, they obviously had you intermission. Know done this? God has done this. Just give him glory. Yeah, they did. They had age restrictions, too. They had intermissions. They had people coming in and out. So the individuals themselves have not been in constant worship for 16 days. It's a really precious gift. It's a gift of his manifest presence. And we've seen it and we've tasted it. Manifest presence that's I want to you tell know, you something from an old Pentecostal nar. They believe that they can draw the manifest presence of God. I assume this Arkansas, is the president of the college, right? Asbury. One day, right after the Asbury revival, the Lord touchdown on our campus and all classes were canceled and the same things were happening that you've experienced these last days and I was in that room and I have to tell you something that's about to happen are you ready you will never ever ever be the same and that's true for some people but the parable of the sower. You never think the same. You will never be satisfied again. It also goes back to their use of like sinner's prayer conversion. Okay. You'll never be the same. Well, you got to actually, you know, it's a republic if you can keep it. You'll never be able to live a merely selfish perseverance. life. Because you've encountered Christ. That's what happened to me. I, I was given that gift in my generation. Many of us were given that gift in 
1970, and I have pursued the presence of God ever since. I want his presence in my home. I want his presence in my church. I want his presence because if there's anything we know, it's that everything flows from the presence of the Lord. Everything. If you have him, you have everything you need, right? If you don't have him, you have nothing that matters and nothing that lasts. Life is just formal. Life is just religious. And life is really empty. And so God has given you a gift. And that's why one of the remarkable things to me, but not, not you, you can understand it, is that there's been this moments of incredible praise, right? Where the you guys about to bring the rafters down. But then there's been moments for 16 days of quietness. And, and uh, it takes your breath away. The Bible has a word for that. It's awe. I thought he was going to say Selah. You just can't believe how beautiful God is. How sufficient he is. How he's everything your heart is longed for and you need. In 2 Kings, we're going to pray. In 2 Kings 7, it tells a story when the nation of Israel, the city of Israel, was surrounded by enemies. They were completely overpowering, and they cut off their food source, and they were dying. They were starving to death. And Elijah, the prophet, said to Mara at this time, everybody will have enough food. And a skeptic, there's always skeptics, right? A skeptic said, behold, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this thing be? And Elijah looked at him and said, Behold, you'll see it with your own eyes, but you're not going to taste it. That's what happens to skeptics. And there were four lepers, and we're all lepers, right? And they were sitting at the gate. And they looked at each other and they said, Why should we stay here till we die? If we go in the city, we're going to die. If we stay here at the gate, we're going to die. So let's go to the enemy. Maybe we'll get a good meal before we die. They went out, and they found that God had routed the enemy. Everything was left. They sat down. They ate an unbelievable meal. And then finally, they stopped and said, you know what? We're not doing the right thing. This is a day of good news. We're keeping silent. Let's get up and go to our city. My brother once called that the story of the sitters and the getters and then the goers and the tellers, right? So in this moment, this final moment of prayer, we're gonna ask you to do something just very quietly. I'm gonna ask that you all stand right now, just very quietly. All of you who are watching, would you stand? You may be by yourself, you stand. You may be in your church or on your college campus. And I wonder if just very quietly you would turn to one other person close to you and lay your hands on each other's shoulders. Would you do that?
They're doing this again. Now, and again, like what I've said about really it is like all this activity is so realize it is not merely forced. your friends, not necessarily hands a spiritual response. on your shoulders. The Lord's hand is on you. No, it's just and the even in this hand. moment, He wants to manifest Himself. Manifest Himself. Check, even more. Check the box. And He wants to commission you. He wants to call you not to be a just a sitter or a kind of a selfish, just go get and eat and enjoy it. He's telling us right now to turn our eyes off Asbury and turn your eyes to your city, to your campus, to your lost friends, to your family, and to every tongue, people, tribe, and nation. And God is changing you and making you aware of his completely sufficient presence because he's calling you to go. And in this next moment, we're going to pray for each other and we're going to commission each other. Now, if you're a pastor that's watching or a, a housewife or something, would you pray that you will cooperate with God just as much as these students? That you'll tarry? Just as much. That you'll wait until the Lord comes with healing in his wings? And would you, would you commit right now as we pray together that you will not be like some who would quench the Holy Spirit and resist the moving in the next generation because that's where it's coming from and it's going to require us to change some wineskins to let go of some things. But would you pray that God would fall upon you and commission you and you would obey. And for all of you students, as we pray for each other, would you commission your brother, your sister, by God, to be the light in this generation. And I want to ask you not to pray just a nice prayer. Don't pray a prayer that you manufacture to impress each other. Ask the Spirit of God right now to pray through you, right? To commission them. So with all of your heart, let's pray God's hand, God's commission on all of us right now. Let's pray. audio but yeah i mean some of what he said he was trying to guard against the pitfalls of this approach to a worship service and that i do want to commend uh because you know he doesn't want you to give a manufactured prayer to impress your neighbor but again, we are dealing with the parable to sellers situation, which will probably be how I turn this live stream into an article that I write for tomorrow's newsletter that you should totally subscribe to. That's in, linked in the description below. But uh, 
you have a lot of seeds being sown here, a lot of seeds being sown here. And he's definitely made the assumption that, you know, they're all going to be winners in the sense that, you know, every seed is going to return a massive fruit. Uh, But that's not exactly the most biblical approach. And the other thing is we've heard a lot of sloppy theology tonight, particularly as it related to the gospel. What about praying for a commission? That just strikes it very odd. Yeah, it does. So uh, definitely uh, send us some questions and comments in the chat about uh, some overarching uh, questions or whatever that you have about uh, this event or comments or jokes. We love jokes. Because I guess uh, generally with commission, it's or being prayer of commission, it's like you're a missionary or you're in a group of missionaries as part of a church. You're going off to some place somewhere. Whether right. It's so, you do the laying, so you do the laying hands. And... Because you're sending them. You're directly sending them as and commissioning them on behalf of this congregation. And so, I that's... mean, I don't quite understand what commissioning means in that sense and it's almost like you're giving the laity the power or the individual i should say not the laity the individual the power to commission another believer to to do something yeah and one of the next steps you know they're talking about a call to action right so what is the call to action their call to action is very evangelistic and that's not wrong that's not wrong However, remember that the Great Commission says to baptize believers and make disciples. Is that the IHOP U? Is that in a... no? That's that's not that's the same. Gotta, no, it's got to be something different. So, making disciples and discipleship seems to be kind of the weakness, I believe, of their kind of audience capture. Uh, if you want to use more sales and marketing terms, like you know, they're trying to they've gotten an audience, they're trying to capture them. Uh, so they're using a QR code and stuff like that, but they're not really trying to disciple. I mean, the other thing is like, you know, you should like your first step walking out should be to tear down the idols in your, in your life. You know, stop posting TikToks 24 seven, stop being an Instagram well, thought. How about something you know? more basic? Like if you don't have a Bible, we're going to hand you a Bible right here, right now. So you can read God's word. How about something like that? Like the next one of the next steps should be the the hand to learn. The head. Uh, should be to learn scripture, to breathe scripture, to learn more about God. Like that should be one of your next steps. But instead, it's you know it's very missional, which isn't bad. But they're sending out. You could be handing a bunch of. You could be handing a bunch of toddlers a handgun kind of thing. Right. And saying, defend our faith. And that's not going to end well. So. Uh, okay. Okay. I was right about that. Okay. So IHOP U is a international house of prayer university in Grand View, Missouri. Okay. Well, yikes. And then, uh, if a real revival was happening, they would be repudiating Methodist theology and embracing the Reformed faith. Well, that's I appreciate based, that. but um, I don't think they have to go that far. I mean, I think you know they at least have to get rid of female elders. 
in the church. I, I think that's the minimum. That that's my bar. Uh, looks like yeah. we're like doing you a know, song while the praying continues. But, but I mean, like you know, tearing down the idols in your life. That's what Gideon did. Uh, he tore down his father's idol. Um, again, you know, destroying property rights or pro someone else's property without permission. Um, then you have, of course, uh, Hezekiah or no Uzziah with the uh, or I'm thinking Josiah, all these ayahs. But like you know, tearing down the high places, you know, dismantling them, the getting rid of the temple prostitution, like all that is part of what a revival would do like the first step is to take away your take away the idols so you know and you know to quote all right i'm gonna put the sound back on come back extra loud Painfully repetitive. That's how everyone in the audience knows what the next part of the song is.
So that QR code uh, takes you to a site that's like all about church centered mental health, helping you with your anxiety, depression, sadness, relationship well, problems. So that's a little bit more on the, on the QR code. Yes. We want to thank all of you for coming here. Okay, we got a benediction around the world tonight. And we are so grateful to everyone who has made their way over these last two weeks as we have just tried to form community under an outpouring and hold it and let Jesus do all that he would do it do in those, those days. It's been like a vessel that we've tried to form, just being family together. But tonight we wanted to empty that vessel and all that he's poured out, we've wanted to send it away into all the different places where we have been. So as we go, this continues. And it continues in our relationships. I would just invite you to find friends whose hearts are burning and bind to, together in, in a call to prayer and hold one another to it. Build trust and do whatever it takes to keep it. And in that, come into agreement and trust God for more. And then let's just take up that most ancient prayer of the church. Come, Holy Spirit. Come. That is one prayer we are, we are confident. God is sure to answer. Let's continue to pray it. And let's do so lastly with a heart like, like his, a heart like Jesus, that when he saw Jerusalem, he wept over it. Let's invite him to give us tears for our campuses, tears for our cities, for our families, for those we love. Gonna be we will watch him do this and so much more in all the days to come. So thank you again for being a part of this tonight. We pray God will go with you and bless you. Asbury University, for Asbury Theological Seminary, for the city of Wilmore, for all the staff, administration, volunteers. It, it's been an army to sustain what God's done here. And as we're finishing tonight, it really isn't the end. It really is the beginning. Amen. This historic day of prayer, it came forth out of a movement called the Concert of Prayer. And on this 200 year anniversary, as I'm just considering just the, the kindness and the faithfulness of God to resurrect this historic day in a new generation, we wanna launch or really relaunch a monthly Concert of Prayer the last Thursday of every month, we want to cry out with one voice and call upon the name of our God that this is really not the destination, but this is really launching us into a movement of fervent prayer for breakthrough. And we want to knock on the door of heaven until God answers. Because I tell you, I tell you that what we're seeing, what we've seen here. You and me both. There's been a hundred there's been a hundred thousand people who've come to Wilmore to encounter Jesus. But I tell you, there's a hundred million in the days to come that the Lord wants to encounter as he's done here. Would you join us in this movement of fervent prayer for revival and spiritual awakening in Gen Z? 20 million college students on 4,300 campuses. Wow. Tonight, if you haven't already done so. 20 million college students is, is really depressing is if there are that many. Our web server crashed. 
There were so many people that went. Our server crashed. Praise God. I want to charge you for the campuses that you've adopted. Let this not be the only day and the only night that you're praying for them. What would it be if you took the campus that you adopted, it's down the street from your home, from your church, and what if you set your heart for the next year, just once a week, to set your heart, set an alarm, say, Father, move on my campus, do it again, as you did at Asbury, pour out your spirit on my campus. And what if there were hundreds of thousands that were praying across America, once a day, once a week, once a month. We have some resources for you. On the website, go to collegiateofprayer.org. You can click on the QR code. We have some resources and tools. We just launched a U version, 40-day prayer guide, 30-day yeah. prayer guide. U we version, want to invite you to consider joining our prayer guide us. for the next yeah, month, every basically. day. Just take five minutes and pray for your campus. And then we come back next month on the last Thursday. We don't know how, but just virtually, we'll just have a call to prayer. And wherever you're at, that we would join together, link arms virtually across America and across the globe, and we say, Father, as you've done before, do it again. So we don't know when and what the Lord has in store in the days ahead, but I tell you, the best days and the greater things are ahead. And Asbury is, a, is but a launching pad for us. So as we close tonight, and as we launch into our worship party after this, I'll have a worship party can I ask you guys party. just to raise your hand wherever you're at? That we would raise our hands just in surrender. So Father, we say, here we are. Here we are. We say thank you for all that you've done here at Wilma, in Wilmore, at Asbury, God. Father, we say, blessed be the name of our God. We say thank you for your goodness and for your power, for salvation, for healing, for deliverance, for restoration, for renewal, God. And we're asking God that what you've started here would only multiply, God. We're asking God for the fire that's burning here, that you would cause the sparks of revival to go forth. We're asking God for the winds of heaven to blow and that you would cause the sparks here to go far and wide, God. Touch the corners of our nation, God. From Kentucky to Washington to California to Maine to Florida. And we're asking God, the ends of the earth, cause God the testimony of your son, your power, Father, to go forth from here. And we're asking God, anoint us. Everybody put your hand on your chest. Father, would you anoint us with radical humility. Father, teach us how to go low as your son went low. Give us eyes to see the beauty of your son's humility. Make us like Jesus. That we would walk how he walked and talk how he talked. 
that we would have the aroma of Jesus to a lost and dying world. Anoint us with your son's humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
like a 40 minute plot to the casino planet in the last Jedi. I do gotta admit, if you're in that room, you don't want this song to end. And I wouldn't want that song to end if I was in that room either. You'd just be so in the moment. Song, 
got another, like the second interlude of the song into a different song. Give the pianoist a lot of credit for being able to, I guess, you know, got the stamina on the fingers. Yeah, you gotta have finger strength. And being able to kind of, I don't even know if they're ad libbing this or, so, yeah, good work on this part. Not done. Laker shirt, like wear something a little bit more respectable, have a little class, you know, act like you're actually revering the presence of God in worship and not wear not a Laker a, shirt. Not a Michael, or sorry, not Michael Jordan, obviously not Michael Jordan. Not some sort of LeBron, Jabroni. I'm just saying, have some reverence and how, and how you dress if you're going to be on the stage. Repent of your bronze sexuality. So we say yes to you. Whatever you ask of us, we will do. I don't go to a lot of, or any contemporary Christian oh God, worship shine, concerts, so maybe this is shine, what the experience is like. 
Let this generation know your light. So you said the word generation. That's been a key Let word in many of the songs tonight. Let this generation know your light. Shine, God, shine. Credit to the pianist who's definitely improving. Let this generation know your life. Shine, God, shine. Let this generation. I mean, at least the taco, the taco Bell you might feel the next morning. Well, the Taco Bell is 24-7, so come on.
after party, right? I mean, you get the emotionalism of, the con of a concert experience. It is like a concert experience. I'm enjoying myself watching it. You know, from a, you know, dopamine connection. If this were like super boring, I would, you know, I'd probably end the stream like 10 minutes. But a compelling performance. You gotta give it that. But I also don't think it's the students. I think it's the uh, group that they brought in. I mean, it's a spiritual. It's the IHOP youth sweatshirt. These are the International House of Prayer. Adam. Well, it's a spiritual equivalent of like Linda's inner reaper. Ten minutes forward. Except it's in with his phone out there, but you haven't seen a whole lot of it. I mean, I saw people recording it. Yeah, but not a lot. Yeah, but they need to tear down their social media and culture. Uh, and after the cloud. tapping out i was gonna go nick ricada it's like okay we're gonna go as long as you guys are going and then even longer but okay, wow let me, let me go ahead and fact check the one dude um so the yeah, etymology yeah. behind uh concerts of prayer that derives from a term that jonathan edwards coined in the mid 1700s so uh and this is from uh i guess it's called scripture awakening uh in the mid-1700s, pastor theologian Jonathan Edwards coined the term concerts of prayer to describe corporate gatherings of Christians for intercession and spiritual renewal. Regular prayer meetings at this time became the spark of the first great awakening in the United States. So basically, if your church has like a prayer meeting, like a weekly prayer gathering or something like that, that's a concert of prayer uh, by the definition that Jonathan Edwards established in, in jumpstarting the first great awakening so i don't know what he's talking about as far as like anything as far as like this being an established thing it's kind of like the concerts of prayer the idea of gathering for corporate prayer jump starts the first great awakening but that's what he's referring to it's not like it's a all the churches agree to do it it's this it was a trend that swept the nation as far as like a positive trend in polity yeah, like the stream has been cut off but i'm a actually try to see if we can so they started i mean when... you can see the seats were yeah i was like i'm trying to see when do we actually see people show up in the stream we see a trailer okay so they've already started in 
Oh, they just took that down. Uh, uh, I'm going to see. And I didn't pull up their YouTube link because it seemed like they were pretty good. Like they, it seemed like they had it, but I do got. Uh, one more trick up my sleeve. Is that a live stream? This is a stream on YouTube. Yeah, I don't think uh, Rick Warren or Francis Chan were ever on this stream. And it doesn't say it in this description, but if you look at the description of the trailer for the event, it clearly said that the big names were coming. And I am absolutely stunned that Rick Warren would allow himself to not be the center of attention in a room. That is absolutely stunning and brave. Wow. Now, I do got to say, since I haven't had like any opportunity to plug myself, and you always got to plug yourself before you wreck yourself. But, you know, Evangelical Dark Web is a Christian news gathering and commentary ministry. We have a free newsletter that goes out. And obviously, you can like this stream and subscribe to the channel. There's a least you can do. And then the newsletter that goes out, it bypasses big tech censorship to get daily Christian news in your inbox. Uh, every day, pretty much, because we have an article at least every day, it seems. And then uh, we also have a uh, Patreon-like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. We don't use Patreon because they censor people. Uh, the, the Patreon is big on censorship. We tried to build a very cancel-proof site, at least as to the best that we could. You know, we didn't use MailChimp. We didn't use uh, uh, some of these other servers that will kick you off. We used... Uh, the best that we could, we tried not to rely on big tech. And one of the ways we did that is to build our own Patreon infrastructure rather than uh, rely on Patreon itself. So uh, oh, that's yeah, the, the other thing is, uh, if you got some good articles up up online, uh, let's see, we got East, Pal uh, East Palestine, uh, Chemical Chernobyl versus Climate Change Apostasy. So that was today's article. Yeah, and, we, and the uh, Southern Baptist Convention's had a lot of news lately. It seems like the Southern Baptist Convention always hits at once. Like they had a bunch of stories hit at once after a couple of weeks of, you know, nothing major. Uh, and then, you know, Rick Warren. Then you had your article that you were working on with the critical race theory and their version of Lent. Yeah, uh, so the Southern that, Baptist Convention was kind of trying to incorporate those ideals. So if you're ever wondering what uh, Ed Litton's been up to since being booted from the SBC presidency. Uh, he's been starting the Unify project, so you can check that out. Um, so and I'm going to respond to some chat before we uh, leave because there's some funny chats that we didn't get to respond to. Uh, Pedro Garcia says gluttony is a criminally not is criminally not spoken of in the church. Uh, it commits an Armenian genocide every four years. And that's a nice little uh, joke, I guess, about uh, people being fat in the church. And yeah, I guess there is something wrong with that. But, you know, we got to give 
seed oils a lot of credit and the food that we eat isn't really all that good for us and stuff like that so and right, that just, I, and that kind of parry tailors into scott's comments sad to see zoomer blobs shaking their fists in the air and flabby arms jiggling like elderly bingo players and what should be the their physical prime and, uh, and that's that's true i mean i really wish the nih and uh you know, CDC would take interest in all this obesity that we've had in our society. You know, if only they, you know, did something about that with all the money. They, they did. Had. It's called the food pyramid. Yeah. It just completely, let's turn food upside down where you're supposed to eat more fruit than meat. And butter is the worst thing ever. Like, no, that's not, you know, I, I believe in eating biblically. And that's why the Bible talks so much more about meat than vegetables. Uh, yep. you know, your uh, grains, your meats, your olive oils, you know. Uh, and and uh, Scott also says, recall that the legend of the Asbury Revival 2023 is that they started playing songs and just kept playing for 16 days straight. At this point, how can they stop? And the the way that they prolonged it, yeah, that's kind of how it happened. I maybe that's why they had they brought. I believe that that chorus up there was from a different. Uh, they that chorus was not from that university, and that's how we know that they have to have an exit strategy because they got someone. They got outsiders to do the worship. Perhaps that's my guess. I think that's what they. That's why you saw the IHOP use. Uh, sweatshirts. Well, yeah, but they have this whole thing about, you know, depart and, you know, depart and serve, take up this commission that you found for yourself by laying hands on one another, but they don't want to actually finish it. They want to yeah. keep it going. Even right now, they want to keep it going, which is like, no, you have to end it. Like, well, yeah, you have to you have to send these people out into the to serve. Like, Jesus and just keep preaching the Sermon on the Mount into infinity he actually ended the sermon on the mount so you know this event was going on for 16 straight days and what we just watched was probably the most uh, uh of a sample of that 16 days was probably the most useful sample of the 16 day stretch because this is them putting their best foot forward this is them uh polishing themselves to give a grand finale you know, so they're putting their best foot forward here. They've, they've organized it some. They've re reformed it. And what we saw was a very not good gospel presentation by the dude in the red shirt who literally got sin wrong as saying, oh, you're just holding a gift above God. You're holding a gift from God above God. It's like, no. No, well, you're, you're, you're pussyfooting around what actually what sin actually is. Well, no, you're trying that, to do the whole Andy Stanley, you know, God hates sin because sin hurts you or. And that's no, it's that's not why, you know, God hates sin because it's an affront to his holy standard. Well, I mean, that reminds me, uh, I won't name the name, you know, I got to set up suspense for future articles, but, uh, you know, a prominent YouTuber who said that sin is, is trying to seek happiness apart from God, which again, if that's your definition of sin, that's a very flawed foundation to your soteriology. That's not a biblical, yeah, that's not a biblical or harmat theology is the so, study of sin. So yeah, keep but, that 
that's a plug for that, a future. That's very Andy Stanley is. Uh, well, in this well, case, I'll, I'll I would say keep that in mind. Well, in this case, it was what? probably Tim Keller ish, but like, what hell yeah, is I mean, locked from the inside, which is uh, Tim Keller quoting C.S. Lewis. So, uh, again, you know, this is them putting their best foot forward, and we got a subpar gospel presentation. One about forty-five minutes, one hour in, going by my stream. Uh, and then you get like a sinner's the time prayer. On my stream. Sinner's prayer equals being saved. Uh, and, and then, and then you we did hear a lot more Bible verse reading. We did get a lot more Bible verses being read. Uh, we got elongated Peter Jackson cut director's cut of songs, several songs, you know, just trying to summarize the findings here. Uh, we did get some good music, some cringy music, some, you know, but it was compelling. It was a compelling performance. So they did a good job there. But speaking I mean, of compelling, a lot of this behavior was just kind of manufactured. And I, I don't, I, I think it's a little forced. And, they're, well, and I, I get so. that they're talking about Gen Z. They're talking about colleges but there's some, you know, college isn't the real world. Well, I guess I still want to know what are they actually having a revival from? Like, what are they turning from and towards? And like, they're turning towards anxiety and depression. Are, yeah, you know the definition of like first world problems. But like, what are yeah? There are revivals from internal like depression. Yeah. Like, are they turning from like their sexual sin? Are they? I mean, some of them, I, I assume that. I mean, it was implied with it, the but... tall ginger guy. It was implied that he was uh, definitely into pornography. I thought that that was heavily implied, but he didn't say he didn't go into details as to what he was really repenting from. It was kind of like when people say, you know, talk about sins in small groups, and they talk about working too much. Or, you know, anxiety and depression, I guess, are kind of acceptable sins to talk about because our society has actually made it very acceptable to talk about mental health issues because the society wants to create more mental health issues. But generally, but, when you, you know, when you read about, let's say, suppose, I guess, revival, even though it's not necessarily your biblical term, but if you read about revivals in the king era of the kings, it is a leader dismantling the idols. So what are the idols in their hearts that are being dismantled? Where are the high places? Yes. Where are the male prostitutes to slaughter? And if you and if you think the culture is under judgment, why is the culture under judgment? Not just, okay, God's pouring out his judgment on the nation. No, why is he doing it? Like there's not a specific. So you can come out of that with thinking just about anything. Like you can come out of it thinking racial injustice is what you need to solve and that means you need to let out all the prisoners in jail for hard felony crimes um, and let yeah. all the people into the through the southern border and that's you know the direction that they were pointing was out when i think the direction the call to action that they should have had was to the bible if you know they should have said if you don't have a bible tonight we're going to give you one they should have said that you know, get people into the word, or are they going to pull the whole? You can just use the U version Bible app. So, uh, 
Scott says Bible studies. Zoomer revival turns them away from anxiety meds and vape pens. Uh, Speaking of which, I mean, at least Sean. At least when Sean Foyt went to the other cities, he's talked about how people were laying down their drugs, their cigarettes, and their needles. Like, is that even happening? Like, you know, I don't know. I don't. I there's some dubious claims of faith healing, which they doubled down on tonight. The the one lady doubled down on the faith healing claims. And then you apply faith healing to things that aren't, you know, healing, healing, so to speak. Uh, like, so, I mean, based on what that you needed someone to be up there and say, Hey, those pills aren't going to make you happy. Yeah. And I, I think they kind of already did a study that showed that antidepressants didn't actually make you less depressed because depression isn't caused by a chemical imbalance shocker uh so that study came out like last fall or last summer and it's like well fancy that so anyway i think we're done here we're coming up upon three hours which is a really long time to stream you know my voice is actually more pre- intact than you would think because we didn't do as much talking for a three hour stream and my even my glass of water is still half full or half empty depending on whether you're an optimist or a pessimist so uh yeah. I'm no you're supposed hungry. to empty you're supposed to empty your vessel what are you doing <laughs> yeah i didn't pour out uh my water but yeah so anyway i think we're gonna wrap up uh, definitely drop that like button on your way out. Uh, have a blessed day and we will catch you 